We've talked about it. You can do Australian, and not many people can. I can do Australian pretty <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm like, I always go down My, to the I'm British. Um, <laughs> You're British. British. <laughs> It I like, believe I'm British right here. It sounds like a British. I am it sounds like a Cockney accent. Uh, like no, 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 like no, a, uh, no, no, no. Well, that's I'm, more Irish. No, I'm doing Kira Knightley. Oh, <laughs> Kira Knightley doesn't sound Jeez, like that, dude. God damn it! You got a bit of like. One of my favorite favorite memories when you showed of up knowing toy, you, you should have a Toy Story. God damn it, I felt so stupid. <laughs> As Woody and Jesse, yep. <sighs> did you yep. not? And know? everyone else was no. been here before. I was not included in the previous year, so I kind of forgot. Anyway, my favorite was when uh, somebody we know was Wolfman. Oh, that yeah. was great. I was vampire. You guys really like my outfit because that was very last minute where I ripped my shirt and ripped my pants. I remember and, because uh, once again you were late. Well, I was late. I was working that night. You always I are loved, working or something. Well, I love the shows freak, up late. The freak who just stared at the grass in your backyard. No, that was for a Halloween oh, party. I remember that? Yeah. And, and I, up in the attic, I got remember. I literally got shafted. That's when your brother Polly got drunk for the first time. Polly Bleaker, but bitch, I should have won. Davy shouldn't have won. Polly Bleaker is that a real name? Welcome back to season three of Three to Have Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, while one tries desperately keep up that's right we'll let you decide which host is which but for now my name is sean and with me as always are my co-hosts brandon hi guys eddie crickets and jeremiah oh what up yo (laughs) this season we're shaking things up a bit we decided that each host will pick a film from each decade from the 70s to today that exemplifies that time period. Some of the films will be underrated, some classics, while others will be overrated piles of cinematic crap. To finish off each decade, the host will... <laughs> Come on, you got it. You had it. The host will have a group pick that is sure to delight. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How, How many, many drinks, drinks does it take to get through each film we've just watched? At the one, end of the podcast... Two, three... <laughs> Three. At the end of the podcast, I'll rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five. Zero is the perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and five is the type of film that causes an infant alien spawn to burst from your chest and ravage a skeleton crew answering a distress call. Or your butthole. In addition to our review, we always pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. This season, we want to focus a little bit more on the cocktail selection, so please feel free to shake Stir or mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review. With that, Brandon, what movie do we have tonight? Well, tonight we have the 1979 classic Alien. This film is rated an 8.4 on the Internet Movie Database, also known by us people in... uh, Can we call ourselves of the industry? I believe that we are at this point. (laughs) We have a damn podcast, the IMDb. (laughs) And it has a critic score of 98% and an audience score of 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's ranked 7th on AFI, that is the American Film Institute's 10 Greatest Science Fiction Movies of All Time. All time. All time. So, after a space merchant vessel receives an unknown transmission as a distress call, one of the crew is attacked by a mysterious life form, humped in the face actually, and the crew soon realizes that its life cycle has merely begun. This science fiction classic stars Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Harry Dean. And Henry, Henry Dean, Dean Stanton, who literally I feel like has been old forever. He's dead. 
He died like two years ago. All no, no, dead. I know he's. De- they're all dead. John Hurt's dead. Ian Holmes Sigourney dead. Sigourney Weaver. Okay. No, no, all the the three last three. I was doing oh, this, well. and I was like, my God, John Hurt is dead. Ian well, Holmes is point, dead. Seventy nine is a long time ago. Jeremiah, yeah. take us through first. Before break. we get into our cocktail selection, we need to talk about whose film this is. Additionally, what our initial impression of the movie were before sitting down to watch it. Since this is my film, I will go first. Uh, I remember seeing Aliens before I saw Alien. Yeah, I remember seeing it. I remember it scaring the shit out of me. I remember thinking, like, if I ever got sick, like, something was coming out of me or something like that, that something was going to burst out of my chest or something like that. But I think why I picked this movie was because the late 70s, you had horror and science fiction movies together, right? So, yeah, one year you had Jaws. The next year you had Star Wars. The next year you had Halloween. Next year you had, you know, Close Encounters of the Full Kind. That was a... God, I feel like I remember that one. <laughs> no, but but you think about it, like, this movie was science fiction and horror, and they put it together. So that's why I thought this movie was the perfect film right here to actually, you know, introduce about the 70s and things like that. Sure, sure. Eddie, what do you think? Uh, this movie definitely wrapped up the 70s. Um, I feel like it... Uh, I If I think of the... This movie, I actually think of the '80s. To be honest, that's just how I think. Like when I, I was because a couple months later it was the '80s. I don't know when I, pretty much like four or five, but it's considered '79, Brandon. No, so it's, it's considered, considered no, no, it is '79. It is '79. It's, it's considered '79, Brandon. So it's the '70s. It's considered a whole different decade, even though yes, there's a seven, seven, eight. Correct. So I'm right. Um, so when I was thinking about this movie, it's like I also I think I watched it with Jeremiah. Like I watched Aliens first before I watched Alien, so um, I have a. When I first watched this movie again, it was a different idea of like, oh wait, this is how it started. <laughs> but yeah, Brandon, I enjoyed it. No, I I can beat both of you guys. Uh, I saw Prometheus <laughs> before I saw Alien. No, oh, I I man, this dude. is this for this uh, podcast today. Uh, was the first time I watched Alien. It's a movie that's always been on my radar that I've always wanted to watch as you know a, a self-professed cinephile. I want. To uh, I've always wanted to see this movie, and I haven't ever seen it. Um, so I got in, or I came in with a lot of uh, expectations. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I was under-impressed or over-impressed. I was just, you know, impressed. I was just impressed, yeah. Um, it, it was good. I'd like to really talk about this one. So this is an interesting one. Sean? Uh, so Jeremiah made me watch this one. So there was a, <laughs> we, we, when we lived together, um, he forced me to like watch scary movies. And he he made me watch Halloween. He made me watch The Thing. He made me watch this movie. Did you like Halloween? So I did like Halloween, kind of. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, no, but uh, let me just, this is a testament to, I liked this movie so much that I bought the quadrilogy. Which, which I was really proud of you. Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. Alien First and Predator. I and I watched AVP. AVB2 I'm so rec- sorry for you on that one. You need to watch Predator. And then Predator. I watched Prometheus and Covenant, and I got into the Alien universe and the Predator universe. Blade Runner. Part of the universe. I've seen Blade Runner. Blade Runner is pretty fucking great. I'm just saying it's part of the universe. Anyway. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I, I had zero expectations. Ian I thought Holm. this was going to be just a scary, straight-up <gasps> horror movie. I had always seen the chest-bursting uh, scene because I saw Spaceballs, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I knew, I knew it was coming. But I, I will say this. When I sat down to watch this movie initially, I think we watched it together or something. I, I don't remember. But I was hooked from the moment it started till the end. Seriously? And maybe what? you drank the drink? It was good. <laughs> Bro. Eddie. He drank the milkshake. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier. I'm pissed off you drank the drink. With each movie, we try to pair the tone, fill, and overall impact <laughs> of the story of a cocktail. 
This season, we really want to discuss the Trot Tale and more, and how it links up with the movie selection. Everyone who listens knows that when we finally watch a Bond movie, we will pair it with a vodka martini, shaking that stir with a lemon peel. But tonight's Trot Tale was chosen by Jeremiah, so Jeremiah, Again. tell us about it. <laughs> Tonight we have the acid blood cocktail. Read everything word for word. <laughs> Not only this drink is green like the alien blood bursting from the chest of John Hurt, but it also tastes delicious. This drink contains pineapple juice, Midori, and Malibu coconut rum. <laughs> it was all right. So, uh, gentlemen, since Eddie already drank his drink, Bob's he's, Bob, he's just drink guys. Let me know if you like it. Cause I drank mine already. Oh my god! You understand why I drink? That is. It? Fucking heaven. I drank. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's a company computer, bro. <laughs> I have two of them. I have two of them. It's too much. It's too much. Wow, well, I'm okay with this, man. It tastes like too cucumber. much what? It tastes like Midori. cucumber. No, for me, much. it tastes like cucumber. It tastes like, seriously, like a uh, high C, you know. A, oh, a like the slimer. Remember the slimer? slimer? Yeah. But, you know, with alcohol. <laughs> I'm surprisingly enjoying this. I really am not. It's got your three favorite things. It know, does, right? I know, except for you, Sean. You're not in my cup. Maybe you need ice. I think you're an ice person, Brandon. You're an ice person, Oh, my Brandon. God. I think I might be an ice person. I don't person. know how we've gotten here. I, uh, I just remember the uh, the it drink, and I want that again. <laughs> the it drink with the cotton candy? Yeah. All right, so let's talk about yeah. this movie. Let's start with, uh, by the way, the cocktail was delicious, Jeremy. Thank you for Thank that. Thank you. You know, you know, one out of you five. Know, uh, coffee and cigarettes in this one. Coffee I think, and cigarettes was great. Yeah, I, I think. You know, <laughs> if you like coffee and cigarettes, well, just like you know. mashed together and swallowed. I do. So let's talk a little bit about the cast of this movie. because Seven think, people? I, I think that this movie would have failed miserably without was I wrong? without the right people in there. I think the cast was fantastic, mm. dude. I'm going to disagree. So let's talk about Sigourney Weaver. So Sigourney Weaver, this is the movie that kind of launched her, mm-hmm. I would say launched her career. It mm-hmm. also kind of changed the tone that it, it showed that a woman could lead a... She wasn't this vulnerable, shrinking violet. She was strong. She could... You know, defeat an alien. I think it was it was the first kind of female driven badass plot. feminist. Yeah. So yeah. here's it was here's her first leading role though. It was. Right? Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's her leading role, which is interesting because uh, I was reading that she and Meryl Streep were in in like they were the two in contention for it, and then Meryl Streep ended up pulling out because of personal issues, and it would uh, not that's how Sigourney. And it's interesting because like I couldn't imagine this role being as classic and, and kind of um, you know as, as Sigourney Weaverish. If, with anybody else like now that being said to me that this is a role and this is a performance overhyped through time I don't think the movie is overhyped but I do think that Sigourney Weaver as a character and as Ripley, and not as an actress Ripley is and, and you haven't seen Correct. Aliens yeah Andrew. right Ripley became something different right but in this movie she was kind of they're all so she emerges a last person standing that doesn't mean that she was the strongest like I think mm-hmm. she was the smartest and everything like you know the I whole agree. you know she was protocol protocol yeah. No, no, I no, think that was. If you see someone coming out there, you're just like, "Yo, he needs to be quarantined." Yeah, if here's, this would have been solved by protocol. Here's, here's she my thing. standard she, operating she procedure. She literally could have saved this whole world. That was she it. Never open up the door. It was an Ian guy. But I agree with you, Sean. I think the crew. I think they just when you saw them, you're like, "Okay, these guys been together for years, you know, through hyperspace and things like that, or hyperspace, hypersleep and everything." You know? Yeah. No, my thing is, and I was really frustrated with this. Is that none of the none of the characters had emotion? Now I know we had Ian Holmes' character; he he was supposed to have no emotion because he's a robot. But everybody else, Android. no one knew that right. though. Um, no, 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 no. I know that, but every single other character, literally or actor, uh, really had no emotion. And I kept going through this and saying, "Is it bad acting or is it bad writing on the dialogue?" We talked about this a little bit. I don't think it was either. I think one of the 
things that you're seeing is the 1970s into the 80s and even into the 90s had this idea that in the future people would have less emotion generally speaking people were think about think about the the plot right so you've got people who are sent by a corporation on this ship they hear a distress call they have to go out of their way to to answer the distress call they're kind of like 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 the office they're, this is their office. They're mundane. They they do the same thing every day. They they don't have excitement. They don't have emotion because they're stuck on this little no. tin can going through their daily lives as as employees of this. No, and I really appreciate that. I, I definitely see what you're saying. I like that idea. Except that when the shit hits the fan, I feel like we should have a little bit more reaction. And and this is what I put down in my notes is that to me Parker um, is the best character. Uh, Yafet Kodo. Um, Which I think he just passed away, not like seriously, weeks ago. Like, yeah, really. a month ago. So, but he, I absolutely loved his character. You know what? Because he was human. He was. He had emotion. He was angry. He was scared. He was. He reflected. I think what what a lot of us would feel in that situation, which was kind of this unease, where then you have all these other characters, especially Dallas um, with Tom Skerritt and Ripley by Sigourney Weaver. I think that both of them are just literally robotic, a little wooden, wooden, wooden. And I mean, I put it here; they're flat. And and again, I don't think it's it, it didn't bother me enough to hurt my view of the movie, but it did take away from how good I think this movie could have been with a little bit more enthusiasm from the way that they portrayed their characters. I have to like, I agree with you and I kind of have to disagree with you on that part, Brandon, because I think Lambert, you know, seriously play the role like, you know, this person that just seemed like she was falling apart, you know, as you watch the story and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that, you know, she had that, yeah. Brett and Parker were like, you know, a group together, you know, they were like kind of the people like mm-hmm. running the engineer part and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they were actually separated didn't, from the rest of each they other. They didn't you know? get paid enough, honestly. They didn't get paid enough, exactly. <laughs> they and well, I, and this they the kept thing, pulling the this bonus. Is, this is the same concept that Ridley Scott uses over and over. There's this massive, big, overarching corporation that makes people into drones. And I, I feel like Blade Runner, excuse me, Blade Runner. Blade Runner mm-hmm. is very much like that. Um, Alien, The Thing. You have you have kind of I know that wasn't that was John Carpenter, mm-hmm. but you have kind of the same vibe going on where it's like people trapped, not necessarily doing what they love, but having to do things based on corporate mandates, and it creates kind of a. I think it creates a munda- munda- mund- mundanity. Munda- yeah, that word. A mundane situation. <laughs> it does. It creates a mundane situation where I don't think that they have the emotions that they and this movie brings out their emotions in a way that they don't expect because they're being assaulted in a very confined space. This also kind of created a genre. This movie. Explain to me. Okay. So the thing was unique. The movie The Thing was unique because you were trapped in an ice station. Mm-hmm. This create this movie kind of picked up on that and made it even bigger where you're trapped with the thing that's trying to kill you and you ha- it's either you or it i think it's also a psychological thriller like, you know like it it somehow it it gets into your body in the worst fucking way when you think about it right and it impregnates you and then you have something like a thing coming out of your body mm-hmm. and it's just, it's terrifying but what i really like this movie a lot and this is like one of the best thing about this movie it does the whole jaws thing is that you don't see what the alien looks like majority of the movie half the movie but so, you know what it does as opposed to other movies with with aliens and i'm gonna go ahead and, and sean i know you love this movie uh super eight is 
I think a lot there's of no times disappointment. It, there's no disappointment when you see the the. I mean, another one that I love, and I know you don't, is Cloverfield. Like when we see it, I know, I know, we can talk about it all day. <laughs> I'm not I against love the story. My God, that camera just doesn't but, stop. But moving. see, the thing is, though, when when we see these characters, when we see these these creatures, it, so much of the time, I don't care if Baker does it or not. It they're they're disappointing. This is one of the very few times I watched a movie, and they could have. I wanted them to show the alien right. more, right? I just thought it was so well done and so cool. I agree with you. So you were saying how this movie takes from the thing. Mm-hmm. It's vice versa. This movie, the, the thing takes from the... The thing was a book. Okay, but I'm saying the thing was... I'm saying this, the story. Yeah. The st- not, not the movie, the story. Okay, the, yeah. And the, the thing came, the original one, bro, 82. came out in... Um, the original 82. came out in the 1950s, actually. Yeah, but... The thing was a the, the remake. Story. The story. The, the story, but yeah. I'm, I'm, the movie itself... No, no, there was a 1950s movie. The 1950s movie? Yeah. yeah, it was a remake, the 82 one, actually. Sorry, I, I apologize. I, I should have been more I was, I was thinking I of 82. Been more well, I know John Carpenter redid it, but I, I've seen the original now, and it's oh. the same kind of concept where you're trapped with your enemy, and that's what I think I think a lot of movies have done since then is, I mean, Die Hard was essentially that, is they're oh, trapped God. in a building with a villain. <laughs> yes. It's Easy the same brand. kind of concept where you have to make a decision whether you're going to defeat your enemy or yeah. let your enemy infiltrate and this is actually i think the the movie of infiltration right well, is yeah. you're gonna literally let it eat you from the inside out or you're going to kill it so and, one oh, good no i was just thinking like ripley i mean ripley is a re, there's a reason why she's number two in charge right i think ripley was smart as shit yeah, yeah she movie, and, they, no, and yeah. obviously uh i mean you see why uh what is it ash mm-hmm. yeah ash is like he is in there for a reason and he's from the corporation Dude, like to he's a scientist who is trying to get the aliens on board. Like and, he he likes to see the. And what's so cool about that, dude, Ash, is like uh, this is what I really love about this movie. If you watch this movie over again, you're seeing a different movie. If you watch it from Ash's yes. point of view, because you literally see Ash just like you know knowing exactly what he's gonna do. Ash had no, you know, yeah, he was not scared at all. So he was just trying. He he, you realize that after you watch it twice that he's not human. Well, I want to just go ahead and take you guys into my my world because this is the first time. You've As seen I'm watching it, it <clears throat> I write in my notes, Ash robot like Fassbender and Prome. Oh, wrote literally two seconds <laughs> before this. <laughs> so I I had literally figured it out, and I'm not joking. Like I finished writing mm-hmm. and I looked up and I'm like, he's got spaghetti from his head. <laughs> and uh, I mean, to me, it was so well done. No, I do have two, two, two things. One is more of a statement. The other is a question to you guys. Um, but one thing I loved so much is that John Hurt, for whatever reason, that, that chest bursting scene, I had always assumed and thought that it was the end of the movie. Mm. I'd always thought that it was the end of the movie. And I think it's maybe because of Spaceballs. Isn't that yeah. at the end? So I had that in my it's head. the last scene in Spaceballs. Space, so I always had that. So literally when Hello, we're... Hello, my ragtime right, guy. So when we're in, in, a quarter of the way in the movie and it happens, I know what's going to happen. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody who's lived knows this scene's going to happen. I was shocked and it reminded me so much of Janet Lee dying in Psycho that you have this major actor... Who dies really early on, yeah. and it kind of leaves us completely blank. Well, and it it shows you it's it's kind of like what they did later in in Deep Blue Sea, where mm-hmm. they killed Samuel L. Jackson oh, in the yeah. first like twenty yeah. minutes, and you're like, oh, no one's safe. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I like about these type of movies, this is not a straight up horror movie. I was not terrified of the alien. I was terrified for the crew, but it creates this atmosphere, this atmosphere yeah. of anticipation. You're like. Oh shit! Now, Literally, no one is safe. Everyone is uh, going to die. And that being said, because I knew that Ripley survived, I, I I wasn't worried at the end when she goes into the space shuttle and he, it, it's there. Um, but I'm thinking, if I had seen this in 1979, 
without knowing that she was going to survive and make multiple other ones. And I know one of them, she's like a robot thing. Don't get ahead of yourself. Spice. Uh, David Fincher. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, like if I was seeing this in 1979 in theaters, I, I think I genuinely would have been scared. I would have been terrified I, of I, her. It's an edge of your seat thriller. It is, 1,000%. I, I agree. I mean, like you look at the, even when they're looking at the ship of, of I, I think you say Prometheus. The Nostromo. Yeah. I mean, watching that movie now helps a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, that's the same ship that they're like walking and people, into, and people mm-hmm. get pissed. And they're about huge. Prometheus those those people who died in that Prometheus movie, mm-hmm. they're they're not the same size, right? The only problem with it, and I was because after I spent an hour and a half looking at YouTube videos connecting all the dots for me, um, <laughs> the the timeline, right? They said it. I think it was only thirty or fifty years before. Alien is when Prometheus would have been. So they're saying, you know, it should have been more time for this. Covenant was about 17 years before. Yeah, so they're saying story. evolutionarily, it should have been a lot longer, unless you have this. I, I know, we're, we're going to have it. But go ahead. I was going to say, so the only other the question I want to have with you guys is two things. Um, number one, why the fucking cat? Or is it just to add, like, Jones? oh, that's scary? Yeah, Jones, a piece of shit. So, uh, and number two, which is two parter. Why the fuck would you be smoking on a spaceship and then a flamethrower? So, Anybody? Okay, I can answer both those questions. Please do. Seventies and eighties. Uh, this is no. I'm this reminded me of the, the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's a freaking gecko in Terminator, and you're like, why? Why is there a gecko? So, and I Once Upon you, a Time in Hollywood, we no, just have a flamethrower so just for no fucking I'll reason. I'll tell you exactly why. Mm-hmm. Because there's two parts in the movie mm-hmm. where the cat. Creates yes. it creates the anticipation. No, it scares you instead of being the alien. So then you have that really it, cool scene. Of, yeah, that but thing, they're re, yeah. they're using it as a as a way to jump, jump scare you without showing the alien. And I for some reason yeah. for, for the longest time when I remember watching this when I was younger, I always thought that the cat was going to get affected or some shit like that. I never thought that something was going to happen where the, the xenomorph would just grow and something like that. I'm just like why the cat? It's just so silly. And then. Oh, I love it at the end. I, I wouldn't want to know how many takes they did for Sigourney Weaver to get keep getting clawed to death as she's putting the damn cat well, in. I'm just thinking, God, just how many know? times did Indiana Jones reach for his hat? It's the same concept. It's <laughs> this is you tying yeah, you yeah. to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, don't want a cat there. <laughs> and the flamethrower, I know. It just to me it was like, God, and smoking. I'm like, you wouldn't you shouldn't be doing I, that. I, I like the, the fact that you're talking about the chest scenes first because basically it's pretty much famous now that the chest burster the whole crew, the cast, was not expecting for it. Mm-hmm. So you're literally seeing like their reaction, which is beyond priceless. Yeah, they when didn't you, know it was going to happen. They didn't know it was oh, going to totally. happen. Like no, you no, see I mean, Veronica's like uh, the the actress who played Lambert's. Oh yeah. You see her face, like blood coming in her face, and she's like freaking out. That it's, is such a priceless. Like that's one of the best things in cinema history. I seen that scene. I think uh, vice versa. I was looking at that, and just recently, I thought. Everyone thought that besides one person. It was Brett. I thought Brett knew what was going to happen. Mm. Brett, Brett was lying the whole time. He knew the whole time. I thought there was a, uh, another life form in him. And he was just being honest. And this whole time, he was, he, you saw from the very beginning, he was looking at uh, uh, Kane. Mm-hmm. He just kept looking at Kane. He was, just, he was watching him. So when it happened, Kane was like, he, he even said, like, hold on, like, wait. Like, the whole time, he, uh, Brett was almost wanting the life form to survive it, it was it was so a life give you that feeling i'm gonna, go, I, I give I'm you gonna that. go out on a limb and agree with you but not from his perspective i think ash yeah i ash. think the corporation knew i said brett yeah i think ash, ash yeah. wanted knew brett ash knew what was happening what was happening and i think he the corporation 
wanted the sample, wanted the xenomorph, wanted the alien mm-hmm. to yeah. come. And I know that that's kind of what you got from Prometheus implied yeah. from Prometheus. But from this movie, you can kind of see it where the corporation's like, oh, I don't care about that, you. I don't mm-hmm. care about the I don't care about people. the crew. Yeah. I care about, you know, a much more expensive prize. On, on a yes. narrative level, I want to talk about something that to, to me was the most genius thing I've seen. And I didn't know anything about this one, like anything. Uh, and that's the acid blood. To me, that was literally the most genius move ever. The best, okay, defe- the the best defensive mechanism. Because, and not, I think the effect was good. I think the narrative was good. But no, see, because, how do, because then you can't gonna, kill it. Because but, the thing is, you can't kill it because then it's going to end up destroying you, right? You can't shoot it because then it's going to bleed what, out. Oh, it it's was so already, good. There was already acid blood released. And it was going through the ship. Wouldn't it have eventually broken the seal of the ship? Because what they're saying is, is it, it stops st- after a while. Down. It slows it's down, down after a while. That's what they're going it's, level, it's, to level, you know, to level, no, level. I get that, but like at some point, you're done. Like, why didn't they all just get on the escape pod and? Go they didn't out? have enough. They didn't have enough room. Well, remember, remember they, they had small. It was, it was like, like two fat people, probably. And forced too many. It was the yeah. face hugger. Actually, it wasn't an alien. It wasn't the xenomorph that That's actually right. grew. So That's right. no, okay. because yeah, it's it stops. You know, in, in level three down instead of four or five. I also want to make a comment on uh, on Tom Skerritt's character. I don't know if anyone's seen the trailer for this movie. Have you seen the trailer? You're talking about Dallas. Yeah. The trailer, the trailer of this movie, like if you get a chance, listeners, like watch the trailer because it's so freaking dope. And it was the first what I call blink sequence trailer where it goes from scene to scene and it goes black, black. It, it, the scenes change and the music goes, meh, meh, you know, uh, Rogue mm-hmm. One kind of did it. There's yeah. a couple. It, it's become really popular, mm-hmm. but it went from like slow to this. The trailer yeah. set up the tone of the movie mm-hmm. better than most trailers do in movies. And best best quote for the movies, right? Yeah. What's in the space. Scene? No one can hear you scream. Fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, what do you think about the score? Like, because I think there was a lot of uh, 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 butting heads between the director and I believe it was uh, Jerry Goldsmith and everything like that. Like, for me, I didn't. I, I don't really think the score fit the movie. So I think that you have Star Wars coming out in 1977 mm-hmm. with this big, bold brass score, and I think that there is a pressure. It's a space movie. It's Ridley Scott. He's not necessarily no a, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of uh, established director. There's a lot of pressure from the studio to be like, Hey, this is going to be like star Wars, right? Like this is going to be a star. This like movie a, was made because of star Wars. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's like, no, it's not star Wars at all. It's a completely different, but, <laughs> but, 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 but one of the things that I noticed, and I think I, I, if you know movies, you have to say it is the opening shot of the, the spaceship going. It, that's a, it's a star Wars shot for sure. 100%. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the slow creep through the spaceship. And, and Sean and I, we talked about this uh, the other day. When we're seeing the interior, to me, the set design, hands down, one of the best set it designs I've Kubrick. ever seen. It felt like Kubrick. It felt, it felt yeah, Kubrick. Dude. It felt Kubricky. But it also had that that Lucas Star Wars vibe to me, where you know. But at the same time, what I would notice is that every spaceship movie I've seen since '79 uh, has taken completely from this. This is such a, a revolutionary, groundbreaking set design, at least. Film. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think this movie set up. A generation of films. Agreed. Yeah. I think this created a tension on screen between characters, and it played with gender roles, and it played with uh, it, it played with corporations versus people. It had so many subtle dynamics to it. I'm not sure Ridley Scott. Like I never think that these people are like I'm going to put this in because now you can see when people put shit in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We just talked about it. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when we did Justice League, and you had you know 
Wonder Woman talking to that little girl. It's like oh, it felt Wonder forced. Woman. It felt it felt like they're trying to insert a societal problem into the movie. This felt more subtle. It felt yeah. like like there was it was a, more organic. And it, and it yeah, was future, definitely. And it was futuristic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like okay. Even in the future, there's a dichotomy between men and women. They're in space. They're it felt dirty. Strength. It did. It felt you know, yeah. It just felt like it was like this is not your particular spaceship. You know, science fiction, all glossy and whatnot. It felt dirty. It felt gross. It felt claustrophobic. It felt like when you go to the space jockey, that scene. That's probably one of the most unbelievable set designs that you've ever seen, actually. And I love how the fact that they he actually filmed his kids as the astronauts in that little section because they wanted to make it so big, which is pretty awesome, actually, man. Who but, did the sets in this? I'm not sure, but let's talk I about. Would, I bet it was the same guy who did him for James Bond. I, I bet. I bet. I would bet dollars on it. Was it H.R. Greiger, the guy who created well, the was, alien? He did the, alien? He, no, 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 the sets, not the, oh. not the, um, not concept, not the. Yeah, I just have a. Uh, I don't know. I just I I don't like how I mean when you make this movie, you know it's more than one, right? Like the way they well, s- they ended this movie, it was no, just like okay, they kick, they we're gonna make another out. movie. No, I think that they kick him out and and they thought this could be a standalone. Just because the next movie afterwards came in '86. Yeah, they took a long time a long to time. do that movie and a different it director. In, it came in yeah. seven mo- yeah. seven years later. So, but in my eyes, it's like when she went to bed. This is like, well, what's gonna happen when she wakes up? Mm-hmm. Like. I, instantly, well, I started thinking. Yeah, I don't know if that's just because I saw the I aliens too. Be, honestly, because I look at that, and if I'm looking at it in 1979, I'm thinking, okay, she's going to sleep. She's got the cat. They're both, both going to go to sleep, and they're going to wake up, however many years later, back on Earth. You know, um, so, I think it's a about perfect six open weeks later. door. Yeah, I yeah. Think it's an open. It, it opens the door for sure. But at the same time, um, yeah, I think that it, it ends well because it can take it one of two ways. It's almost like Star Wars, right? I mean, they they have the ceremony. In a new hope, it could end right there. But since it did so well, hey, let's go ahead and just say what happens after they celebrate these rebels. And then, did you ever watch this? Uh, did you watch? Is this the first time you watched? First this? time I watched it or any really Scott except for Prometheus. I mean, that's interesting too. Is that this is really Scott's first major studio directing gig? Um, and to me, that, oh, that's insane. Same guy who did Star Wars. As a, he was a set decorator. See? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Uh, James, me, James Cameron did yeah, part two. James yeah, he did Star Wars, Alien, Return of the Jedi, Star Wars, Phantom Menace, Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's so, got yeah, it. Yeah, he's, he's got it. <laughs> Battlefield Earth. That was a... Terrible movie, but we see every now and then you find every now and then you find that. Yeah, like, oh god, that was every now and then you have a bad one. But the ships look really cool in that one. But no, Ridley Scott to me it was it was insane because he just seemed so assured of himself in this movie. And to me, for a youngish director, that I mean, that was pretty intense. Yeah, I think that just like Spielberg and Jaws, just like Lucas and Star Wars. This is a movie you have to rot. You either rise to the challenge, mm-hmm. or you burn out miserably. And there's been directors who burned out miserably. I think that when I think it was uh, the the two people who got uh, hired to do Solo, um, oh, Lord, the, uh, Lord and what's yeah. Lord and yeah, yeah, other guy. I think that it was too big of a project. I don't think that they were comfortable well, and it was doing not Lego. It. Um, um, no, um, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, no, I it get was it. too big for them. Ridley Scott saw this and went, you know what? I'm going to do it. And, and look what he's since done then, since. I was going to say, since then, it, it laid the groundwork for everything he's done. But I'm, he's played so many different genres. With the exception of Matchstick, other. man. He everything else back is to, big. You know, it's science fiction. You know, he did, you know, The Covenant. He also did, you know, Prometheus. He did uh, Martian, which I thought that was a great movie, you he know. He did A Good Year. He did, uh, didn't he do yeah, Gladiator? I mean, well, yeah, yeah. this guy is a... Is, is Kingdom a of Heaven, which I think is a great shit, dude. director. Yeah. I think it's interesting to see 
also the budgetary restrictions of this movie, which, by the way, is why you see the dirtiness and the smoking and the because why when you, you don't, see the aliens just when, a little bit. Right. When you don't mm-hmm. have the budget, mm-hmm. you've got to fill it with other things. Right. Um, no, I, I genuinely enjoyed this one. Uh, to me, and I know I said it before, but it's it came down to the woodenness and the flatness of the characters. And maybe that is a stylistic choice. Maybe that is a narrative choice. Um, but it is interesting. Uh, I mean, I would love to talk a little bit more about Ash because I thought that Ash was actually one of the great characters and, and the when he is going through and Ian looking Holmes. at... Yeah. Home, which is funny because he was this one and then the other actor that played him in Aliens and Alien 3 and That Alien, was a uh, Lance uh Hickerson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 he built on what Ian Holm did and it was just magnificent. Even Michael Fassbender. Michael yeah. Fassbender yeah. did a great job too. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that 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 style of character, mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. That style of character I think was born right here. The android yeah. like I think Data from Star Trek pulled from this mm-hmm character yeah i mean so when when he gets destroyed um i mean to me yeah the special effects were a little hokey at the time with his head talking but at the same time i was like oh that's kind of hokey but i was like genuinely like damn that is that's really cool that his head's just standing there and he's just talking and it's i mean it just it was weird sci-fi cool if that makes sense i I love that part too because like he's like so in like infatuated with this species that he just thinks it's the most perfect organism and everything like that and i love in the end where he's just like he has no emotion but he's like you have my sympathy or something like that (laughs) and that was it that was like fuck this guy fucking like totally got you in the end Mm -hmm. so um uh, i was looking at the fun facts harrison ford actually turned down the role of dallas that makes sense uh so tom and i love tom scarrett tom scarrett is fantastic i love the fact that he's still alive he died in this movie like you would think that he is like protagonist he's the he's top billing he is the guy i well oh i actually don't know that for a fact he's the captain of the ship was he top billing i think he might have been you would think that he's going to be the leader he's going to survive yeah tom scarrett was top billing sigourney weaver second You've got this. It's once again. You've got, and I love the way he died. He mm-hmm. was in the tube, and you have this. Oh, this cat and mouse type oh, of man. like, yeah. I, I just I felt this he movie. Also, he also had his chance to like, cause he didn't need to be in there. Originally, it was supposed to be right, the, I think two uh, others. Uh, uh, Ridley, like mm-hmm. Ripley, was said, "Oh, I'll go," but then like Dallas is like, "No, I'm going." Mm-hmm. I think he took a little ownership of like the whole reason why we're in this mess is because of me. So I'm going. <laughs> exactly, dude. You should have quarantined his ass. But <laughs> yeah, he realizes like, yeah, you should like, quarantine. Yeah, I up My bad. One. I fucked up. Like, <laughs> how I'm do going. you not quarantine? It's like, how do you not? Yeah. You've got an alien sucking but, remember, the face. Remember, you remember this. It was the android. It was Ash no, who I let know. them in. So because it's, it's, well, because Ash wanted once yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you get this, and I I know you haven't seen number two, mm-hmm. but Paul Reiser. Mm-hmm. Is kind of a company stooge in the yeah, second always one. Always an alien messing up. And you've movie. got kind of this like, Sleazy. yeah, I don't care about you. I care mm-hmm. about like this this new evolution of of being, and I want to mm-hmm. a weapon. I want to understand what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And the second one, I will say this: I like that this quadrilogy, or however many you want to talk, the series is all directed by different people pretty until you get to the Prometheus and mm-hmm. pretty strong directors. But yeah, you've got. James Cameron, who directed number two, you got David Fincher, David number three. Fincher, and then I think number th- the guy who four directed was, uh, Amelie, yeah, uh, famous guy, just not yeah, he's he was a, a little foreign. French director, yeah. Um, all four movies have this way different flair, mm-hmm. so you've got uh, when James Cameron gets a hold of it, it's more of a war movie, yeah, like a mm-hmm. like like open battle, 
Mm-hmm. Space so, Marines. Because this movie is so confining. You feel claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're trapped in the ship with the alien. Yeah. And I'll tell you about the director's cut. Cause we were talking about like you know if you want to watch the director's cut or not mm-hmm. watch the director's cut. In the director's cut, if you guys haven't seen this, you guys can turn it off and watch the director's cut and come back on. Okay, now you're back here. So what happens is that you actually see Tom Skirt actually being cocooned into like in like on a hive, mm-hmm. and that's when like Sigourney Weaver actually sees him and he's like, "Kill me," you know, seriously, and it's so scary. And like she does the flame flower on it, you know, but he's about to become like a host in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just because we, yeah, we don't see, at least in the version I've watched, uh, which I guess would be the theatrical, we don't see anything with any of the other people until at the very end. We even right. see him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was going to say, my notes, I literally said, kill his ass once you see the face hug. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, to me, I don't even know why this It's not quarantine. Let's just shoot him out in the space. Well, like, and I'll, I'll quote Sheldon Cooper again from mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory, kill the guy with a snivelly nose. You, yeah. <laughs> if if like, that literally. was as easy as it was, people would have done it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that you have this interesting thing about human frailty about this mm-hmm. movie, too, is you have, we are weak. We are susceptible to this alien force that's coming in and or to the unknown I and think. you don't yeah. know how yeah, exactly. it's gonna yeah how it's gonna end i think that this series particularly i don't want to harp too much on the series but this was one of the more consistent series that you can watch i agree with that uh as far as i don't think all the movies were fabulous like the best movies you've ever seen but they all had a really interesting storyline and you felt consistently claustrophobic because number two is like on a on a base number three is is like on a prison planet number th- mm-hmm. actually number two is pretty cool because you know where they found the alien ship and whatnot they actually the company decides to actually like bring uh, uh military po- uh, like uh, pioneers to actually you know to change the planet and whatnot mm-hmm. and then you're like okay there's a mystery you know and it's pretty, dude. Aliens is like my what is favorite. Call, what is that called when they uh, terrifying? Ter- no, terraform, terraforming. Yeah, mm-hmm. ter- no, they're terraforming the planet. They're oh. making it capable of human life. Mm-hmm. So, and then they're gonna colonize. Yeah, it. there you go. But yeah, like uh, I totally suggest that you guys watch like all these movies because they have like a great atmosphere, like really scary type of like that. You and know, and they kill people off in that one, by the way, Brandon, mm-hmm. just like they do in this one, where it's like, oh, this is a really big act. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, I think that's the thing. Oh, is, there's is, a love interest. Oh, he's dead. Keep, oh, yeah, that's right, dude. <laughs> keep it, you know, keep it, keep us on their toes. And I, I think right. that that's an important thing to do that a lot of um, movies have, have succeeded with is that they give us kind of from the psycho Hitchcockian yeah. theory is that nobody's safe. And if nobody's safe, then we shouldn't feel safe. And I don't mean to keep harping on it, but this idea of the overarching corporation mm-hmm. uh, expanding its will through like through people, not just people, but androids and, Mm -hmm. and it's like company policy is over people. And this was a consistent theme, I think in the seventies and eighties and even into the nineties, but in these movies particularly and Blade Runner and, and what did you say that this movie Blade Runner and this movie Blade Runner Prometheus and Prometheus are all in the same and Predator and Predator, Mm -hmm. but you have this overarching theme of, of a evil big corporation not really caring about the the people it sends into harm's way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how Brandon was saying that this is the is same world as Predator and Blade Runner. I never I never thought about that, but then thinking about it now, it's like mm-hmm. Predator and Alien has always been Predator, the same. I remember Predator too, bro. Like when like the, he the Predator had all his trophies of all the animals and like aliens that he fought. Why not? You see the Xenomorph's skull yeah. in the back. Aliens, like holy shit. 
Alien That's versus it. Predator with the fuck? Which I yeah. know I know you that don't like the Requiem movie, the <laughs> second one, but the first Alien versus Predator, the concept I think is badass that aliens were actually created to be the way that predators became predators. So they uh, you haven't seen the movie, no, but the no. idea is that like predators, predators are sent to this temple, this pyramid, and they have to prove themselves by killing aliens. And the aliens, you know, they would send humans in and the humans would be the hosts. And it was just a very interesting concept to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily care for the movie that much, but the the, the principal idea behind it, I the think. The whole was idea of uh, predators always hunting down the aliens. Mm-hmm. Right. The whole reason. And that's what brought them to Earth. So like then where, where does... Know, uh, so where does Predator fall in the in the timeline of this? So Predator, know, is it before I or after? Think, I don't think Predator has anything to do with this. I think Predator Two would suggest that it was it was supporting they cross the fact each they cross somewhere and like in, somewhere's in the universe. I'm just thinking because uh, obviously Predator came out in the 80s, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah so was that the initial intent in predator two it certainly was because okay. xenomorph was in predator right two. you were saying that okay. i don't know about the first one because the first one was kind of a, a vehicle for Vietnam. arnold schwarzenegger yeah so mm-hmm. i'm not sure but it had the same concept when you think about it sean yeah because like you don't see the alien and then the alien and then you realize oh shit it's actually like you know blending in with the woods and the you know and once again that was a product of the fact that uh jean-claude van damme dropped out and that and I'm talking about Predator, mm-hmm. and that the special effects were so bad they didn't want to show you Predator because he was terrible, and it took them so long to get a, a, a suit that was good that by the time they got the suit that was good, half the movie had been shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it, but it worked. It worked. It worked so, beautifully. Yeah, so when you think about like when you don't see the alien monster or you don't see like the thing that's chasing you, that the, your imagination scares the shit out of you. Well, it's the three barrels from Jaws. Yeah. The best thing that ever happened to Steven Spielberg with that movie is that shark didn't work. So let me ask you guys this question, everybody. Besides Star Wars, so it's off the table, what is your favorite outer space movie? Fuck. That's a great question. That's such a hard question. Dude. I will answer mine, and then I'll give you guys time to think. Outer okay. space. Not science fiction, but outer space. Outer space. Yeah. Okay. Outer space. So my, my favorite is a little indie movie, of course, called Moon, starring, starring Sam Rockwell. If you haven't seen that movie, it Good is movie. absolutely amazing, fantastic, one of my favorite, 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 favorites. So please go see that movie. Um, but no, I was just thinking that right now is that um, you know it, as a, it's a genre on its own, and I think there's so many good ones. I, I'll go sunshine. Uh, 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 yeah, I was gonna go say uh-huh. that. I think sunshine is one of my favorite ones. A lot of people don't one. like it, you know. Oh, those last fifteen I try minutes. To get but Han- I try to get Hannah to watch it, and she's like, "I fucking hate science fiction movies." Oh, but see, that one's not. Sci- I mean, it is science fiction. It is science fiction because one hundred percent blow up um, the sun, you know. But yeah. I fucking love that movie, and I thought the it was score. so good. Wait, sunshine. Oh my sunshine. god. Yeah, but that's not. Is that alien movie? Science no, fiction. No, no, science fiction. Outer space. Outer space. Outer space movie. Speaking of, I mean, I know we're getting off topic, but that's Clint Mansell. It's not Clint. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. The guy who directed uh, Train Spotting. Oh no, no, I was talking about the music. Uh, no, because, that was John yeah, that's Murphy. Danny Boyle. Yeah, that oh, was John Murphy. Yes, it, it's and it's um, it's Danny Boyle does that one. Danny Boyle, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Sean, Sean, Sean is googling over there. I'm right. googling desperately because I'm like, what movie? That Outer I, Space. So it can't be Star Wars. Uh, it can't be Star all, Wars. We, we would so all say I'm that. I'm gonna one. go with Trek. I, I mean, oh, <laughs> second favorite. Wait, 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 wait. Are second you talking favorite. about the 70s? Or are you talking about with the Chris Pine one? Because uh, the first no, Chris Pine was I pretty fucking say, great. I would say that the best, the best Star Trek movies are Search for Spock, Voyage Home, Wrath of Three, Khan, four, two. and then uh, Star Trek, the Chris Pine one. Okay. And then I would even go. Um, 
course. I would go. Didn't see this into loophole. Darkness, but that, didn't see this loophole. I know the loophole. Um, but I'm thinking like Star Trek just came up, and I'm like, oh, I don't. I, and I, w- I would say I that can't not say that something like Predator. I think could could work because it's an alien. It's an outer space. It's not okay, non Earth. If, if you're gonna go alien based, then ET. Out of off but of Earth. If we're going off world, then uh, yeah. it's a different it's a different situation. You know what? It was really funny is I don't I haven't seen it in a long time. But there's a movie called Mission to Mars. That I remember yes. being pretty damn good with Gary's, Tim Robbins. Gary, no, that's that's just older than that. I think Mission to Mars, it's no, a Gary it, C, it was, Gary Sense Sinise. Is he in that movie? It was in. The, I might have been. Might have been in the. Might have been earlier. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, Eddie's got that. That was two thousand. <laughs> so I mean, we also have exactly two thousand. We have okay. The Martian, which I think was good. I never um, saw that. Yeah. To be funny, I, I, so normally I'm I'm pretty like. Freaking out over I have different to go with directors. Also, like in, Interstellar, you got, man, some people may not uh, like it, but yeah. I think it's just beautiful and just how it is and going to these planets. It's a, it's, it's an interesting one. What about Xenon Girl of the Twenty First? Oh, century. see, now we're just now we're just fucking <laughs> it up. Well, no, because I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, can I can I say a TV show? Because mm-hmm. if I, if you're gonna allow me Galaxy to do a TV Quest? show, then I'll do. Um, Battlestar oh, Galactica. I think Battlestar Galactica is probably one oh, of the better, man, uh, the better space. Look at the operas. ace on his sleeve on that one, dude. I know. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> that was good, dude. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Don Don Shetty, uh, Cheddle. Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle. John Cheadle. Yeah. All right. He was in Mission to Mars. Uh, you want to know what mine is? See that one. Sure. You already said it though. <laughs> the astronaut's wife. Nope. Charlie's there. We watched it already once. What are we? Which one? Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Uh, Armageddon. Does that count? That, no, <laughs> does not count. Does not count. No. Gar- no. Galaxy Quest. That was good. Man. But I so, you know, I Galaxy also- Quest is 41, 41st on the top fifty. What's uh, the, fifty okay. being the top? Oh, oh number uh, Avatar. It's number one, two thousand one. I also like uh, uh, no. Okay. Well, nine from Outer Space. Interstellar. I like Interstellar. Interstellar was good. Like Falls. Damn it. Have you watched Gravity? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I love Sandra that one. Bullock. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one with um, Sandra Bullock and, and, and George Clooney? George Clooney. Yes. So my, and I guess what what I love about this movie about Apollo Alien, thirteen. I think that's a great one. Too. Oh, Apollo thirteen is great. Yeah. Uh, what, what's great about this movie though is it's it's creates a claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you see First Man, terrible movie. Uh, oh, with Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah, that's literally yeah. freaking terrible. Not bad actually, but. What I liked about it is that mm-hmm. you felt you felt claustrophobic. It reminds me a lot of the like the submarine movie. So you got yeah. Widowmaker, you got UB U five seven U five seven one, not UB four. That's a, that's a band. Um, re- but no, what, I, what re- I'm thinking about is as I'm thinking about <laughs> all these different movies that we're listing. To me, we can point back to Alien, the original Alien, as as really kind of again that foundational text, I guess. That I all these other ones are really based on. And so, you know, from when we get to the scores, I'm going to be thinking about that. And I think that we really need to kind of consider that. So let's talk about the actual uh, Xenomorph as, as a character, as a puppet, as, as what it was. I mean, I loved the, the technical aspect mm-hmm. of it. I'm a huge fan of Stan Winston. I'm a huge fan of what he did with Jurassic Park. I think that he learned a lot from this movie. Like, I feel like he stole a lot from this. So movie. something I didn't know is that it was actually, um, uh, I don't even know, not, not human, but it had arms and had legs. So I always thought of it as kind of like this huge, like slithering kind no, of it was monster. A person. But it's a person yeah, with like yeah. a big old like race car helmet. And I will say <laughs> the second one kind of ruined it because uh, it was like a big mo- a big mom. Well, then you got the, the, but then you've like got the protrusion. One. Yeah, right. but it was the queen, dude. He, the queen was leading the eggs and whatnot, which yeah, was, was pretty mm-hmm. scary, dude. I thought it was pretty yeah. awesome. But I love the fact that this was just based off of a, of a person's like 
erotic design and it's spooky as shit like this if you see this guy hr greiger's paintings you literally see like this sexual freaking type of like mm-hmm. design and it's well, creepy and as shit I, 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 i'm gonna say something inappropriate before the podcast but i did feel like that this that the alien was sexual in nature it wanted to get inside you it wanted to to feed on you to get in you and make well, babies mean, on in, in essence <laughs> but no in essence it, it, and this is something i read in in the notes for this is that you know they wanted to give us this idea of basically it, it attached itself it impregnated itself and it bolted do you think that it was interesting that it the first victim was not a woman yes i think that's important i think that's important because if we're going to look at this franchise which it has become as this vehicle for a feminist character with Ripley. Okay, then I don't want to use that word. I, I but I do. But I think it's female empowering. Well, okay, so if we're going to look at again, I don't want to get all like my job, but um, if we look at what feminism means in the literary term, then this is a very very feminist text. Now, not Why? necessarily in social social feminism. Yeah. Um, because what this is is this is female empowerment. It is showing um, inequality of female to male characters. You're talking about with like Ash not listening to... Well, I just think the fact that... The, the just Ripley. the fact that Ripley is the only one to survive, right? It shows that in essence, in, in physicality or in mentality or whatever you want to call yeah, it, Lan- she's, she's not the only smarter female. and stronger. She's not the only female. It doesn't matter if she's the only one. It's the fact that she is the one. And, and but she's number, number two in charge. I, I think, well, Again. It's, it's the yeah. future. I think it's showing that equality has happened, like that there's an equity among... Or equality, excuse me, not equity equality among among the genders right mm-hmm. yeah but ash had no i he ash, you you realize ash was not listening to ripley at all, all all ash wanted to do was act on behalf of the company yes in my opinion yeah once it came yeah down but to he kind of got kind of crazy in that whole scene when he was trying to like shove that fucking magazine that girls you know it's ripley yeah that, that to that me was like that if we're not seeing some kind of it's all it's almost like a uh circuit uh like he was like freaking out because he realized that he was meant to do one thing, and then all, all of a sudden, he's not allowed to do it's it anymore. It's almost like he found a dif- dysfunction in his program. Yeah. Yeah. But, but man, the way that it was done with him shoving that down her throat, essentially. I mean, I don't want to get all graphic, but like that that is um, that is so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is so in our face. Right. And it, I, to me, yeah, this is very, very much what men can do to women, and what... Um, and it is reversing. It's, it's it's changing the role. The fact that you know, like, <laughs> the guy has the baby. Well, and without this, without this movie, I don't think you get Terminator, which I think Linda Hamilton. Uh, interesting. That's a really interesting I, concept. I, I yeah. Think, yes. Yeah. 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 You haven't seen that yet, and I think no, but I later this again, season, it's one that I know. See, you're gonna see this, and you saw a string of it, right? So yeah. It's interesting that it's also James Cameron, because James Cameron also had a very strong woman in Aliens, um, which. Go ahead. I, I just think that there's this interesting shift, and I think it happened in, in this movie. coming out of the 60s and into this movie. I think that Star Wars started it. I think that Leia was a a strong, powerful force in that movie. No pun intended. Um, and uh-huh. I think I think it gave birth to this idea that in the future they can they can show a future where women are not what they're they're perceived as currently. Agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, uh, just for a moment the special effects because I think that this movie you know did have no had no CGI basically very similar or very simple CGI but the chest bursting scene the physic the the creation of the head of, of the its effects, time I think were just phenomenal it was ahead of its time and it still holds up and it's practical still to holds me, up dude. to me I'm just gonna say it practical effects beat 
special effects absolutely do every time almost i'm not gonna say every time but almost every time i want to say also the beginning of the movie you you got the feel of the movie Mm -hmm. just with the 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 score and it uses like oh like i'm already scared without even watching the scene it was eerie very eerie is just like oh my god and then you saw the Mm -hmm. the credits of like oh seven crew members Mm -hmm. they're drawing on this uh oil rig yeah i love the slow movement of the camera we have that establishing shot of the spaceship going over our heads then we go into the spaceship and we're just walking through the tunnels and it's not rushed and it's taking its time yes and it's not like justice league a couple weeks ago where it just went on and on and on for four and yeah. fucking hours but instead we get into this and then it breaks us into them waking up yeah. so in essence we're waking up with them yeah you know and so we don't know anything more than too, they yeah. yeah they do but and the uh, fact that we have john hurt is the first you one you got out. the idea of God, like okay so like they're on the ship and I guess they're all asleep right now and mm-hmm. like there's not you, you have you have no idea what's going on but you just realize okay everyone's like in this little like they're incubating right now and like they're birth or something yeah. like you yeah. know yeah it's, well it's, it's really a lot like almost and, like Matrix in a lot and, of ways yeah. you know? I'm just wondering though realistically is like mm-hmm. why is there only seven uh, that's probably based yeah. off of the of the corporation for why is there the, only seven because like, that was uh, the budget of the movie yeah <laughs> like, uh, realistically on the sh- you see the size of that ship the size of the ship you're the size right. of the, the ship, ship there should be at least huge. 14 well, we have the two the two mechanic well, we have the two engineers why only two only two and they're not yeah. getting paid anything so well, they want bonuses why, hey that's why their fight was like hey why don't we get the full yeah. point share it's so bad for them they're like can we just have a bonus yeah. they kept saying this like just give them the damn bonus guys yeah what I think is interesting too is is the way that this you you say this movie has impacted movies to come. Mm-hmm. You've got an entire universe created in, in Stargate. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah, oh, heck there's, yeah. There's that's like, a good one. N- there's like nine seasons Kurt of this Russell. stupid oh, show. You know, the movie is fucking great. Movie. No, the movie. Russell and what's his name? The Your boy, great. James Spader. Yeah, James Spader. Love James Spader. James Spader. If you ever want, if you ever want to just like. Shoot the, the shit. Just like, shoot the just, shit with us. I, you don't even need to be on the record. I'll just, I'll just love to talk to you. Let you're me just. J- we always say you're James Spader. No, I'm Red Reddington. You're Red. <laughs> what I think is interesting about this, uh, where was I going? Oh, Stargate, mm-hmm. is that you have this chestburster, right? Well, Stargate has this a uh, 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 creature that lives inside of the people, their hosts that mm-hmm. have the symbionts that live inside of them. I swear to God, they got th- that idea. Oh, they have this. to, for sure. Uh, so let's f- finish out and talk about kind of the last battle and, and mm-hmm. uh, Sigourney Weaver and the cat surviving. Just when you think it's safe to go on the other spaceship. <laughs> this is my least favorite part of the movie. I would Bobby. agree with you. <laughs> I just think that seriously, like... I was waiting for. I was hoping for something more. Tidy uh, whities, I, I feel like Tidy the whole whities. scene where she was getting undressed was like kind of like uncalled for, you know, in a way. It it was. It was so seventies, eighties. But then when you're talking about how the alien is and the xenomorph, it kind of just when it it's like almost watching her, and it comes out. Mm, I feel like know? it almost respects her to you to know? a certain to wait degree. and kill but her it, after in she's a way, dressed. it kind of actually like it's like in the flesh. So do you think the xenomorph is a male? Or I was going to ask you that. I've I've always heard of it as the, the female. Maybe it's because of Alien 3 or whatever it is. I don't think it's either. I think it's just a specimen that just wants to produce. just produce and like just able to survive. So, That's its main purpose. So let me give you a little bit of context for this movie. We did Justice League a couple of uh, weeks ago, maybe a month ago at this point. Um in the first almost eight minutes of that movie, there's no dialogue. Well, in the first six minutes of this movie, there's no dialogue. And you can feel the difference. The mm-hmm. tension, a tension that's created in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I know it's Ridley Scott and not John Carpenter, but I swear John Carpenter had huge impact on this movie. It's almost like Ridley Scott looked at the movies that had pre- 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 preceded mm-hmm. this movie and said, 
I'm going to take little bits from all these other films and I'm going to make the scariest space movie of all time. And, and he succeeded. Mm -hmm. He did exceed it. I mean, like I was telling you, like there was this whole kind of different like vibe in the late seventies. You had science fiction and you had horror movies all coming out and whatnot. And I think seriously, Ridley Scott was able to put just both together and you have this particular movie, which just stands the test of time. That's it, man. And it does. Cause I mean, it's as good today on Blu-ray as it was fucking gorgeous. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. I, I would argue that it's clearer and crisper than most movies today. The alien movies. Huh? All movies. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that Alien is just visually cleaner and crisper than most movies that are released today. Really? It, you got to watch it on my TV. It is the crispest <laughs> movie I've I've seen in a long time. Of course, we, me and Jeremy did sit through the first agree with that? minutes of Brandon? 2001 A Space Odyssey. Do you agree with that? That was a gorgeous film, but I just couldn't handle it on my computer. It. <laughs> when it was really this kind of big small. And it was a little blurry. So that brings us to the end of our review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on our following scale. Eddie, can you please provide us our scale? Ready, bro. <clears throat> Thank you. You know it's coming. All right, zero, perfect movie. Don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a first for, a first good, first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, an Uber lifting home. Four, a rough morning walk of shame. Five, blackout, shit face, spring rate drunk. <laughs> oh, Brandon, let's start with you, Brandon. Me? God damn it. Okay. So uh, I came into this, like I said earlier, completely uh -huh. um, unassuming of anything and kind of yes. just like uh, not impressed, over-impressed, under-impressed, just kind of waiting to see what it was all about. Um, and? Visually, thank you. Uh, I thought it, it over-exceeded. I thought it did so well visually uh, and, and story-wise. I literally stopped the movie halfway through, turned to my wife, and I said, man, this story is literally amazing. Even though it's Can't really better Justice League, right? We're not even Justice in the League same like sport. Ago, We're not even the same sport, bro. Anyway, uh, oh, shit. What am I saying? Anyway, so so story wise, it's a simple story, right? I mean, it really is. It's I mean, uh, alien gets on board ship, terrorizes crew. Ah, how's that? At the this same is time, nine. That's so creative. Anyway, stories didn't start in 1973, buddy. What the hell, dude? 79. Another Shh. story just like that. It's okay. not simple. Keep going. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so story wise. Uh, and concept-wise and, and visual-wise, I think this movie uh, was maybe even near uh, a half to me. I thought I, I, I was blown away by it. I cannot get myself over the performances uh, from the actors and or the writing. Now, that's not enough to bring it down to, like, I don't know, Justice League or Point Break bad. But instead, uh, it does or bring it Vigilvasky. down. Or Gatsby. It doesn't. It doesn't take it down that far for me, but it does take it down, and, and I was I was really upset about that. Now, granted, I haven't seen Aliens, I haven't seen Alien Three, I haven't seen anything besides Prometheus, and that was completely, again, like I was saying, completely out of context. Um, and I would love to kind of expand my horizon on this, but if I'm just taking what I saw and the 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 frustration that I got from the performances, um, I'm going to go with a, a 1.75. So this is a feel-good first cocktail. Uh, I loved it. I wanted to love it more, and I think I could have. Again, like Sean, you were saying, maybe if it wasn't made in 1979 with the time that it was, there would be something more to it. Um, but I was very unimpressed with Sigourney Weaver and uh, and Tom Skerritt especially. Um, so 1.75 for me. Eduardo. That is your name, isn't it? It or is. Or is it just annoying? So what, so what other movie can you compare this to at I'm sorry, I'm done talking, so right now That's your right, turn. you're done talking. So in 1979, there's nothing like this movie. Like, this movie was ahead of its time. You weren't even This bored. is not you Halloween. Even, you're done talking now. I literally gave even, it a good score. Are you done? It's a good score. So why are you still talking? 
good score. So are you done? Are you are you continue? Or are you done? Eddie, put your dick I, out, man. That is a big one. Um, are you done? Are you, you no, to... I literally am done. Okay, good. So, so like go I said, there's Talk, nothing else. Talk, explain you, it to me. You weren't born in 1979. <laughs> okay. This was ahead of its time. Okay, the stars ain't got nothing on this. Get the fuck out of here, and you know, know that. You I know, know that. that. You know who you're surrounded by. If you have to put Alien and Star Wars next to each other, Watch long term, long term, long term, creative. Like, let's uh. see who, like, bringing stuff out of the deck. Like, this is pretty cool. If you think of, like, there was this, this came out of nowhere. You're, you you're done. You're done. You're done. Alien, Alien was actually pretty impressive to came for Ridley Scott to create this out of nowhere. Uh, like, this was a pretty cool creative story. Like I know you don't like you love Star Wars. You're all over it. It's hard to say where this movie ranks above Star Wars, though. So I give you that. Uh, above Star Wars. No, above. Is it better or, than? No, 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 no. Above or below? Like, but I, I, I put this movie around the same level as Star Wars. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, 1979, bro. There's nothing 1977. like. 1977. No, 79. No, no, this movie's. I know Star Wars is 1977. So guess what? It yeah. did have something like it because there was a space odyssey. All right, bro. And I'm trying to say that this movie was actually really creative. I feel like, like you guys are talking. You guys are like in the same page. You guys we're on the same you, fucking page, you, you know, bro. What are you talking about? You guys, about? Are you guys are like buddy right. heads. It's funny. Give a score. I know. I'm trying to say is that your score is a little bit too high. I think this movie is a lot, a lot better than you, you. You gave it. Correct it then. Okay, I will. I will. I'm looking at you right now, and negative I'm negative three. No, not negative three. But I'm just saying, yeah, this is like the beginning of like a lot of the whole like Ridley Scott. Like, I don't think he knew what was happening when he created this story. But I mean, this is a, a movie that I feel like is I, I my 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 boys both wanted to watch, but I'm like, no, you can't watch it because <laughs> it, it definitely star you a little too soon. Uh, but I feel like it's it's a, it's a movie that you can watch anytime and you're gonna enjoy it, right? Did you not enjoy the movie, Brandon? I did. That's why I gave it a high score. Too, it was too low. It was too low. <laughs> too low. It was too low, bro. It was like, you, you started bow, what you, banging. What do you think it is? Uh, 1.5. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeremy, 1. you want me to go or you want to go? I'll go, yeah. You finish it out. Okay. All that shit. It was just a, a 0.25 <laughs> fucking difference. Get the fuck out of here, yo. Oh, my God. We've had too many uh, chest bursts. Oh my god! I think Alien is a revolution of movie, man. I think seriously, it's one of the best horror movies ever made, and I mean that in the best way. I think it's just ahead of its time. I think the Xenomorph Alien—you will never see anything created like that. Aliens. <laughs> Keep going. It's a Xenomorph, bro. Just because they have the different titles, it's, it's the same, same creature. It's the same creature. <laughs> it's bigger and it's a queen. It lays eggs. Uh, I actually like the cast. I thought you seriously was like you're a part of the crew when you first were brought in. I, I, I love the set designs. I love the atmosphere. I love the tension of this movie. I think this movie is still going to hold up another 20 years when people yes. watch it. Yes. I think this movie is absolutely fantastic. The only problem I have is just the ending. I just wish there was a little more where he what? didn't get like shot out with a fucking bow and arrow and like hanging by the spaceship and gets blasted out. Smile, you son of a yeah. bitch. So I was wishing there was a little more to it. It's almost a perfect fucking movie for me, but it isn't. However, I think for me, I can watch this movie anytime, any fucking year, any freaking month, dude. I enjoy this movie and I think seriously, like, Horror movies that I love very much pretty much hold a respect to this movie. 
without a doubt. And so th- for me, this is a point seven five for me. All right, point seven five. Y'all, too high. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I did a little quick Respect. search after I watched this movie uh, for search. the movies that came before it that influenced it. Right. So you've got two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, Star Wars, nineteen seventy seven, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, seventy eight, War of the Worlds, nineteen fifty three. Uh, Andromeda Strain, nineteen seventy one. Those are the four major ones. Okay. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, nineteen fifty. No, well, yeah, something which is a much better one. Yeah, than which is yeah. better. Anyway, it's the same concept, right? So you've got you've got this fear of the unknown, and that's where I think this movie thrives. I think this movie it creates a. Uh, I've never felt the tension other than the thing. And maybe I think the thing has to do with people too. That was the yeah, thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that this movie captured the human human condition better than anything else in the 1970s. Um, in many respects, I think this movie is better than Star Wars from oh. a oh keep going Sorry. I think this from a realistic my... perspective. This from oh, a, this might be my last one. Here. Uh, <laughs> but but nothing is ever going to capture the magic of Star Wars. Not ever. Oh, yeah. continue, I'm, continue, I'm saying that continue. this movie definitely has a a gritty realism that I think that. Um, if other movies took note from this one, it's that you can do aliens without getting crazy science fiction. Phantom Menace took. Oh, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> Phantom Menace. Uh, that being said, I do agree with Brandon. I think that the characters are slightly wooden. I think that Sigourney Weaver really exploded from this movie, not in this movie. I actually think she was much better in Aliens than she was in, in this movie. Yes. Um, and I think Before? that if you look, uh, if you look at something like. Avatar, she's even come. She's come so far as an actress since this movie. Um, I do, th- I do believe that this movie gave birth to something like Terminator and that Pun genre intended. of of strong female characters. Um, so I, I really, I think this movie is iconic. I think, I think it changed the way movies have been made. And when when we look at our 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 mandate for this podcast is how. We're, we're reviewing movies that impacted cinema. I don't think you can point to a bigger horror movie that impacted cinema. Not cinematographically. No. Mm. Mm. Good job. <laughs> Wait a squeeze that word. Had to get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that being said, I think it d- definitely has some drawbacks, uh, but I think they're overshadowed by the good. I think the good outweighs the bad by a lot. I'm going to give this movie a one. I think it's. Ooh. I think it's a really great movie. I think it stands the test of time. If you watch it on a high definition TV and Blu-ray, I think it's the most crisp science fiction movie I agree that, with that you I've that. seen in a long time. So, Eddie, when you add Brandon's one point seven five, Jeremiah's point seven five, your excuse me, your one point five and my one, and divide by four, what does that give Alien on our list 1. of movies? One point seven five plus one point five. I did the math for you already, uh, Ed. Five. What were you? Br- you got a one. One. Equals divided by four. four. Okay. It's a 1.25. Okay. So that means that... Uh, 1.25. Jeremy, where does that put us on the list of movies that we, we've reviewed? It's tied for seventh, actually. It's... Between what? It's actually with Elf. It's between The Good and the Bad and the Ugly and Garden State and Rise of Skywalker. Jaws is better than it. Oh. Jaws is a 1.06. Yeah. Well, Elf, I, American Graffiti, no, 1.25 actually, each. Yeah. So it's actually tied for six, not seven. No, six. Richard Dreyfus. No, no, because Good and the Bad and the Ugly is one point eight. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is one point one eight. Yeah, great movie. Hmm. I have the Good, the Bad. I have 
the good, the bad, and the ugly at 1.18, but it's on 11, so this is wrong. <laughs> it's in the top 10. No, no, this this my my chart is wrong. Oh, okay. Bum, bum, bum. Um, okay, cool. So it's yeah, it's tied for seventh. How about yeah. you email us with the correct score? Well, you know, it's on the drive if you just go look at it. How about whoever listens to it to actually hear the real score? Anyway. So I think that's actually a really good place for it. I, I what I was shocked about with this movie is it wasn't on uh, AFI's list of top 100 movies. I was thinking the same thing too, actually. I was actually super disappointed in that. I think that it, it deserves to be on that list. Absolutely. Uh, especially when I looked at the list and I saw like nine Charlie Chaplin movies on there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask you please subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I cannot express to you enough how physical written reviews really will catapult this uh, podcast into uh, a better position. I think that we have really gotten a considerable number of, of listeners now at this point. Uh, I'd and like to thank each one of you. Thank individually. you. Yeah, I was just saying, thank you so much for listening. You can also find us on Instagram at the gentleman podcast. You can visit our website, gentlemanpodcast.com for season three ratings. Or if you want, you can do so. Uh, you can reach out by email. Sorry. At hosts with an S at the gentleman podcast.com. Uh, I really encourage people to go out and actually uh, send us emails. Tell us what you think. Uh, we'd love to hear from Share you. us. Tell us to all your friends and your family and whatnot. It goes out. Seriously, the biggest thing in the world for us. So please do that. Anyway, so we're looking forward to see hearing, uh, seeing you next week. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you soon. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Ever. <laughs> cool. Remember last time when you shattered it? No. Sitting right here. That was Jeremiah. That was Jeremiah. That was me, actually. I, I thought we were never going to talk about it, but no we just brought it up. Like-